0: but then again who asked me hello and welcome back to another episode of the who asked me podcast per usual y'all know i'm zell and uh, are y'all sore like for real was there some type of like bravo sphere group stretching activity done at the beginning of the week That I missed out on. Because the way y'all have been jumping to conclusions this week. Honey, are the hammies okay? How are the hamstrings? All right. I'm befundled, okay? First things first. Tamra Judge literally never even eluded or said or hinted at the fact that she, whatever she was announcing, had to do with... Real Housewives of OC, at all, period, okay? There was not an orange emoji in the caption. There wasn't an orange fingernail polish. There wasn't an orange eyeshadow. There wasn't even an actual orange fruit in the corner in the counter be- on the counter behind her. So like, what is happening here? I wanna say this is like the second time, if my memory serves me correctly, that this woman has just straight fooled y'all saying that she has an announcement or she's back And it has absolutely nothing to do with OC. And like, personally, I don't care because I've come to the conclusion that me and OC, we've gone our separate ways, irreconcilable differences. It's fine. We're both fine. But like, y'all really took one TikTok and fucking ran with it. My God. Okay. Secondly, what the actual... F-U-C-K is happening in New York. Let me, let me tell y'all something. When I say y'all, I mean the women of Roni. Every last single one of them. Not one of you bitches should be refusing to film shit. And I don't mean the shit that comes out of Ramona's ass. Y'all should not be refusing to film a goddamn commercial bravo right now especially after this season y'all have given us and especially not one ramona beatrice singer and no i don't know if that's actually her middle name but i looked it up and i couldn't find it so beatrice seemed like it was fitting i don't know who sold the story to radar online that ramona would not be coming back i don't know i don't know who did it, it wasn't me but the chokehold that ramona has on the ny girly stands like and i'm just gonna be honest y'all i i don't understand okay this woman has actually not given us anything great in like the past three years like i think we're just like she's like the boyfriend that you're scared to break up with because you're like well it's comfortable i know what i'm gonna get like i don't want to get back out there and see you know what the waters have to take no You're not going to know unless you try. We're not going to know unless we try. Now, am I saying it has to be like a big firing Kelly Dodd style? No, it or she doesn't need to like go quietly in the dark. We can absolutely like let Ramona go semi gracefully. And I am going to say semi because I've seen that woman's feces on TV too many times for it to go gracefully. There's no grace, no no full grace for Ramones, okay? It's gonna be a semi and it's fine, all right? Like if Vicky can leave the OC and Nene can leave Atlanta and those shows both still go on and to be honest, I don't think like the plummeting ratings for Atlanta and OC have to do with Vicky not being there or Nini not being there. While they were there, they were good. While they were good, they were great. But all good things must come to an end, okay? Ramona... Doing the same things over and over again for 13 years is not cute or funny anymore. Y'all want everything else to evolve except for these housewives. Make it make sense. Okay? I personally cannot watch Ramona lay on top of people to deflect from a conversation anymore. I don't want to see her it was the secondhand embarrassment I got from her the other week trying to deflect from that conversation But do you want to see me dance do you no no and that would be anybody okay if Ebony, Leah, Bershawn did it that's it's embarrassing okay like while I was looking up trying to find her middle name Ramona is worth 18 million dollars she will be fine without Roni have her back welcome her back with open arms on watch what happens live every so often okay it it's gonna be fine like my word and you know what another thing back to all roads lead back to lenithia okay i would argue i would argue that nimi leaving atlanta in like bravo in general is bigger than if ramona were to leave okay nimi was more influential and if you would like to discuss that with me I oh slide in my dms okay Nene was more influential I said what the fuck I said and I'm not I'm not backing down on it but I'm open to conversation okay but I'm just I'm I've had enough I've had enough y'all need to sit your ass on the couch next to Andy and talk about it okay and like again Ramona could honestly leave with some grace if she sat down and filmed this reunion I just my my word ugh. moving on to a next topic that I'm just gonna go ahead and get off of my chest um I don't really think it's a hot take. It's really just my opinion. And I'm going to explain it to y'all. So I am so underwhelmed (laughs) by this Sex and the City reboot. And it starting with the name. And just like that. And just like, why don't we continue to call it Sex and the City? Like Sex and the City 2.0, 3.0, 3.5? Or just Sex and the City. Why do we, and just like that. What the fuck is that? Okay, first and foremost. Secondly, I will preface all of this i'm about to say with i have watched sex in the city beginning to end so many times more times than i can count it's honestly in my top five like most watched series from start to finish and i started watching it when i was like 18 19 and i mean it's 10 years later of course i've and i still watch episodes of it i am not in any way shape or form saying like it's canceled or anything like that because it's not in 1998, 99, when Sex and the City premiered, it was considered to be super progressive in, you know, a show unlike it. I, When I think of shows back then that were, like, considered more progressive, I think Sex and the City, when it came to, like, women, and uh, The L Word, the original L Word. Like, those are the two shows that I think of. To be honest... This is why I have like such like a eye roll for Sex and the City reboot is because it feels like a like kind of course correction. You know, in the year 2021, and as of recent, we've all spoken about like, yeah, that show was great back when, I mean, it ran like 98 to 2006, I think, or something like that. It was good. It was considered. We weren't seeing some of the stories and things like that. But at the same time, back then, versus now yeah that is a cast of all white women running around New York okay they had like maybe two black lead love uh, not even leads but like love interests throughout all six seasons and a sprinkle of a lesbian relationship with Samantha and then they had you know Stanford and Marcus but Looking at it now, today, no, it's not as progressive as we are today. It doesn't, that doesn't mean that we need to reboot it. And I don't know who they have in their, like, writer's rooms, if they're hiring a more diverse, you know, writing staff in production and things like that to actually tell these stories. But my problem is we are still talking about a group of three white women as the main characters. And then I saw that Nicole Ari Parker is added to the cast and things like that but like it's just like okay why can't we tell a different story that's not Samantha or not Samantha anymore I guess but Carrie Miranda and Charlotte like why don't we focus on different groups of women okay all types of all different types of women okay it's just like we don't you guys let the sleeping dog lie we don't need to keep doing this y'all really push it with that second fucking movie it just like i said it seems like an attempt to course correct something that at the at its time yes it was progressive now through a 2021 lens it wasn't but that doesn't we can't go back in time in real life so let's not try and do it with our tv and movie selections Okay, like be proud of the work that you did back then and then like, let's move on. But that's all I have to say on that. Don't don't drag me or you can I really don't care because again, I said what the fuck I said. But also, since the Bravo sphere just won't quit this week, literally like five minutes ago, Mary Cosby Put on Instagram that she, in the most chaotic font, but like if you know Mary Cosby, she is the epitome of chaotic energy. Like chaotic energy began in her, I'm convinced. But she put on Instagram that Heather Gay unfollow or no, she blocked Heather because Heather is a racist and Heather admitted that she's racist. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know what to do with that information. Like, I can you... Can you give me something else, Mary? I don't know. Because, like, Mary has... Like, I'm not ruling that out. I don't know, Heather, personally. Okay? I'm not ruling that out. But I also know that, like, Mary saying, like, some of the shit that she said last year. Like, the colorist shit. And I'm just like, what the actual fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? I don't know. I am... Overwhelmed this week with the Bravo news, and I mean, at the time I'm recording this, it's Friday. I, if something happens between now and this episode release, we're just gonna miss it, or maybe I'll swing back around at the end like I usually do. But with that, let's get into our recaps of the week. So, we actually got a chaotic episode of Rony this week. Listen so much happened I had to go back and watch it twice once because I was really tired the first time I watched it and I had like three notes on it and then I was like you know what I need to redo this and I will be honest the first time I watched it I had a different takeaway and a different opinion on the argument between Bershon and Sonia than I did the second time all right so let's start with this Ebony tells the ladies that her grandmother has passed away and Ramona says this is the stuff I want to hear this is good sad and what like girl what what is good sad someone died what the fuck are you talking about and not only that Leah what are you why are you fake crying okay i felt like leah was doing that earlier in the season two at the hampsons but i didn't want to be the one to say it okay because we were talking about her grandma dying but like what is going on because no tears are coming out and you're actually centering yourself in a situation a conversation that has nothing to do with you like ramona said what are you crying for okay i'm crying for her do it silently you're too loud all right so the women decide to get tattoos in the, well, not the women, Ebony and Leah, decide to get tattoos in the restaurant tattoo parlor. I have no clue how that's a health department approved business, but whatever. And if you pay attention, that is actually where the disconnect started between Bershan and Sonia is when they are deciding to get the tattoos. Because To be honest, Sonia gave me a reaction to tattoos that I would be expecting from Ramona. She just keeps going on and on and on about saying how she can't believe they're doing this. Her daughter would never. And I just find this reaction to the tattoos baffling, especially from two women, Sonia and Ramona, that I've seen have two different faces in the last 13 years that I've seen them on my television screen okay now some may say may argue that oh they can get those fillers and stuff dissolved i can get my tattoos lasered and yes i'm a little bit more irritated because i have 11 tattoos all right i hate that trope that the older generation is like oh my god why would you put that on your body (laughs) why do you have three different noses in the past 13 years sonia ramona you literally look younger than when i first met you you guys get needles put in your face. Please stop, all right? So when they're having that conversation, Bershan says, oh, so are you passing judgment on tattoos? And I don't think that she was trying to make Sonia seem like, and I would have said the same thing. I would have been like, all right, so you're passing judgment on people with tattoos. And Sonia at first says, yeah, I am. And then she tries to take it back. I mean, obviously Sonia is fucking drunk, but- It still doesn't make a difference that that's, I'm pretty sure that's where it started. And she even says, oh, fuck you, Bershawn." Now, let me tell you something about me. I don't play that fuck you game. Do not say that shit to me. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's cute. You can use some other words to tell me what, to communicate whatever the fuck you're trying to say, but not fuck you. Because if you say fuck you to me, whoo, let's just fight. Let's just fight, all right? So the next day, Leah has put together a activity that is racist and she maybe doesn't see that maybe does see that's my thing with Leah she does these things like she's so woke and I'm using air quotes with that shit that she does these things but since she can say like oh don't get mad that I'm dressing like the oppressor and things like that it makes it better it doesn't it really fucking doesn't it makes it worse because you are saying that and you're still doing it All right. She even goes to say the women are, I know these women are sick of hearing about history and it's tone deaf because they went to that field without any pushback, hesitation, anything. Not even Bershon and Ebony were like, I don't really want to do this, but we have to hear about how bad the Harlem and part or the party in Harlem was. And, oh, why do we have to do this? Blah, blah. It's tone deaf because it's not history. They don't want to hear about. It's black history okay and for uh, um, Leah to say oh I just want to be warm I'm putting this on because I want to be warm okay well put your fucking coat back on because you had a coat on and then you took it off so you can put that racist shit on and I do I've said it before I do not understand Leah and Ebony's friendship because if that were me and one of my white friends I'd be like I cannot talk to you with that shit on I cannot look at you in the eye and talk to you with that shit on your head and that fucking costume on take it off all right And it may have been coming from a vain place, but at least Luann and Ramona didn't put it on. Like they knew we would have dragged their asses all through the internet world. So, you know, this whole thing gave me the vibes. Me and my mom talk about this often. My mom lives out in Virginia. And so, of course, there's always like, oh, Civil War, this, Civil War Museum, Civil War reenactment, like signs. And we always say like when we know some people that are like, oh, do you guys, if they go and visit, like, oh, do you wanna go see that? Do you wanna go? No, I'm so good on anything, you know, Civil War. Like I'm very understanding of what happened, what went down and what the outcome was. I don't need to see it. That's what this activity gave me. So thank you for that, Leah so later on the ladies are getting ready for dinner and Ramona shits and I'm not understanding I I can't and I've mentioned it before guys it's not funny what is going on and the fact that it was in the bathroom as well and it's not makeup like that's not fucking makeup like so please shut the fuck up Ramona but like it's not funny okay have I definitely like prairie dogged my way through a store trying to find the bathroom yeah absolutely but I've never shit on myself since I've been potty trained okay and I definitely if it happened when a camera was near I would be like hey what do I need to do to like have that not filmed or not air not air I should say I'll pay what I need to pay I'll do what I need to do but please don't show that it's not funny okay so later on at the dinner when everything really starts to come to a head between Bershawn and Sonia. Listen, the first time I watched the episode, I said, uh, damn, Bershon, like, really? you am just gonna sit there and say that? And now, okay, I don't, I still feel that way. But especially on a girl's trip, sometimes for me, like, after doing stuff all day, and I mean, me and my friends, you generally drink all damn day and night on these trips. But generally at dinner is when I'm like kind of like more somber and I'm like, okay, let me get an espresso martini in me. It could have been editing, but when Bershon just says like, y'all are boring, I was like, oh, okay. But the second time watching it, I realized the main people triggered by Bershon calling them boring are Luann, Ramona and Sonia. Let's talk about why. These women know that their heyday of Roni is over. And they hate that. All three of them. That's why Ramona tried to say, oh, do you want to see me dance on a table? Like, listen, if there was some music on and Ramona just naturally got up on the table and danced, like, yeah, that'd be one thing, whatever. But it's very embarrassing. And I think I said this last episode for Ramona, just keep doing these things that she knows in her mind have worked in past seasons and gotten her like, you know, cheers from her fans and things like that. But it's just at this point, it's just embarrassing. And that's why Ramona, Sonia and Luann are all like, we're not boring. We're not boring. We're not boring. Leah and Ebony really didn't react to the boring comment. They were just like, Oh, Hey, don't say that. Damn. Like blah, blah, blah. And Even Ebony says, okay, well, Bershawn, what do you want to talk about? Like, let's hear about you. And one of my favorite parts, kind of similar to Giselle last week on Potomac with Karen, is saying, well, at least the dick works. And it's like, that's not a comeback. You actually insulted yourself there. Bershawn says, well, I'm suing a few people right now. And Ramona says, oh, yeah, Sonia knows about that. And Sonia says, I don't sue people. They sue me. As if that's any better. I would rather sue than be sued. Okay, because I have nothing. Nothing. All right. So when that situation, the conversation starts getting really heightened. Bershon actually did try and de-escalate it. But then Sonia just escalated it even more. And honestly, from what I saw, Bershon just matched energy. And I can't really blame her for that. All right. I will give it to Sonia, though, when everyone started to leave and she threw and Bershon said, you know, whatever, because there were a lot of things said during that argument. And it was long, too. It was really fucking long. But when Sonia threw that coat down and said, I'll stay. <laughs> I was like, all right now, all right now, Sonia. I don't, listen, Bershawn tried. She really did, okay? But especially in, I feel this way in real life, but especially in the housewife universe, like wh- if you're gonna say like, oh, y'all were throwing jabs at Leah, somebody was talking to, you have to have your car facts right then and there. You cannot just say like, oh, they were talking about you and then be like, uh, okay that's where Bershon kind of lost me and Leah I mean Leah has lost me a long time ago but Leah loses me as well during that when she gets up and she's like you can't just say these things you can't just say stuff like that I always hate when white or <laughs> when housewives say that because They can just because it's their first year and they did the same thing to Leah and it's the same thing she complains about. Like, oh, you how you guys treated me last year, Ramona. She actually can say whatever she wants. Y'all may not like it and it may not gel over well with the group, but she can say that when they're like, oh, you can't come in here and do that. Yes, she can. All right. And now we got some action because of it. All right. So this argument from, the restaurant to the fucking library. I have never related to anybody in Real Housewives history more than I related to that person that they panned over to in their apartment looking down at them on the street arguing. Because Lord knows I love to look out the window and uh spy on people. I do it in our apartment complex all the time. Our neighbors down the street, they broke up and they yell. They argued with their, uh, Screen door open one day. I was all up in that shit, child. I was in it, okay? So when we get to the library and Leah is doing these stretches or whatever the fuck she's doing, she tells Bershon, like, you're not drunk. Don't say that. And listen, here's, I think I've said this before on here. Leah irritates me with the drinking shit. She says, oh, when I'm drunk, I don't even know what state I'm in, what time it is, blah, blah. Leah, that's your drunk, okay? When I'm drunk, I know where I'm at, all right? I know somewhat what's going on. I know what time it is. That's your version of drunk. I do think Bershawn was drunk. You can look at her multiple times. We just don't know Bershawn that well. So To say, okay, yeah, she's drunk. No, she's not. She's not Sonia drunk. She's not Ramona drunk. She's Bershon drunk, okay? And that's different, Leah. Drunk is not, across the board, the same fucking thing. It has some similar qualities, but Jesus fuck, okay? Now, I have a question. Uh, Bershon keeps mentioning Sonia twerking. And when she says she's acting like, she's like, you want to twerk and act like a clown? She said that multiple times. Y'all, did I miss something? When did, when did Sonia twerk? Did I miss an episode? Like, I'm very, very much confused, okay? Because, (sighs) so off to the side, Leah and Ramona are having this conversation of, and Leah says it hurts my feelings because I thought that we, especially after the Hamptons worked through some things, as if Leah didn't just hang up the phone with Ramona and then call Sonia and say, I have a splitting headache from Ramona talking. Like, The audacity of everybody, and yes, I'm going to steal Luann's word. The audacity of everyone this episode was baffling to me. Because Leah then says, you can't call her a hoe. You literally called all of them hoes in the second episode all of them and you said it in a degrading way so what the fuck are you talking about Luann telling Bershon don't talk to her like that don't talk to Sonia like that you literally said that she was a one-night stand like what are what what are any of these women talking about they just all look like hypocrites except for Bershon tbh (laughs) Now, we got it to be continued. I am so interested to see this maybe physical altercation. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a, when I think physical altercation, yes, I'm thinking Candace and Monique, okay? Maybe that's my bad. It doesn't look like a physical altercation to me, but we shall see, all right? Whew, Lord, I liked it, I'm not gonna lie. And I think I'm going to like it next week, too. But I will say this. Everyone needs to take it down a notch. See, I don't know. Like, everyone was talking this week about, like, oh, this was, like, the best episode to date. Or, like, oh, you know, Roni's still lacking something. I don't know. This, it was just chaos. Pure chaos. But, I mean, chaos is why we watch The Housewives. So, it gave what it needed had to have give. So, I do. Before we get into Beverly Hills and Potomac, I do want to touch on just a few things that I saw surrounding Miss Ebony K. Williams on the internet this week. So let's get into that. So before I continue on to the rest of the recaps um, for the week, I did want to touch on some of the conversations around Ebony K Williams this week um as you all know and you saw on my Instagram I mean I've been very vocal but I do like Ebony um my friend got me a cameo of her I posted it recently yes I am a fan of hers I do like seeing her on my TV screen um and I want to continue to see her okay I I am a person that thinks that like every housewife should have at least two seasons but not to stray um I have friends in the Bravo universe that are not the biggest Ebony K. Williams fans. And honestly, that's fine. I don't agree with everything that comes out of the woman's mouth. I don't agree with everything that comes out of my best friend's mouth or my mama's mouth or my fiance's mouth. Sometimes I don't agree with some of the shit that comes out of my mouth. I just be talking, all right? So with that said, what I will say is there are some people on the internet that whether they realize it or not, they are nitpicking into her past and the things that she has said more than they probably realize, okay? First things first, I'm gonna start off with the suspended uh, law license in North Carolina. Um, Ebony never presented herself as like a Phaedra Parks, okay? We don't see her going to the office every day. We don't see her, you know, practicing law. She never went in the courtroom. I kind of figured that she didn't practice in that. And when I, maybe it's because I have a, st- a state appointed license. I did hair for six years. I went to school and I let my, my license is currently suspended in the state that I have it in. Um, and it's administrative. I didn't do anything. I didn't cut anybody. All right. I just let it expire and I didn't renew it. It's very clear on the fucking uh, website that went viral that it says license status suspended administrative. Please use your fucking brain, okay? And along with that, that's very clear. The answer is for us, is right there in front of us. She is not practicing. She either did not get her continue um, continuing education hours. She didn't pay her fees, things like that. Like I said, we have seen that she's not practicing. But what I find funny is this is the same kind of fan base that stands like a disbarred Frank Catania. The man is disbarred, okay? Now, Frank still was a practicing lawyer and went to law school. He probably still knows more about law than I do because I never stepped foot into a law school, law class, things like that, all right? just because she's not practicing doesn't make her any less knowledgeable about it. And again, she's not disbarred. She didn't do anything. She's a commentator and she has said as such. And also, furthermore, just because she's not still practicing doesn't mean that the fact that she went to law school and has a law degree gets to come up off her resume or her accolades. Like, give me a fucking break. I'm sorry. Y'all are not about to play that game with me. And especially when it comes to a black woman like you're just not so now that I have that out of the way when it comes to her past tweets from 2016 what I will say is this first things first I do hope that she addresses them um later in the season at the reunion something Ebony is a Virgo two of my best friends or three of my best friends oh my god are Virgos that I understand Virgos a little bit more than anybody else. They are so fucking calculated. So if you ask me what I think, I do think she's gonna say something about it. However, comma, furthermore, I have said on this podcast before I have a friend that voted for 45 in 2016. And she does remind me of Ebony on how hard she goes now, five years later, on the things that she fights for and speaks up against why because she realizes that she made a mistake in her voting back then okay so there's a tweet circling around the internet that ebony says that she wrote in in 2016 and that you know she since she wrote in but she wished that he would become president And that we know that her mother voted for him as well. I'm not going to touch on the mom thing because at this point, if you don't understand that people have different political views than their parents then I don't know what to tell you, argue with the fucking wall. But secondly, I, it's just, it tears me, I'm torn because my mom is a person that's like, if you like do not write in, she doesn't believe in that, you know, I got it. That doesn't mean that she doesn't. My mom always taught me to make my own decisions. And that even like comes with politically, I should say. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of people that may have voted for him in 2016 and five years later have realized the error of their ways. So why and we have like kind of pat those people on the back. That The fact that they've seen a turn in the past five years. So why is that same energy not applied to her? It's just what I'm wondering, okay? I just, I can't help but side eye some of the people that are continuously talking about that we're five years later in a whole like i mean more than half the fucking country has seen the error in that ways i don't think that it makes anything that ebony is saying now any less i don't think she means it any less when it comes to when, when i say the things that she's saying because my good sis be saying a lot sometimes i'm like mm. right she just i just saw a clip of something she said the other day and i was like oh i don't know about that one girl but again i state i don't agree with everything that comes out of anybody's mouth but digging up the shit from five years ago about politics i just mm, some of it doesn't sit right within me um to act like some of these other i actually i'm gonna say it people have been patting white people on certain white people on the back for being like oh wow i shouldn't have voted for him i realized that was wrong but like ebony didn't vote for him she wrote in okay but now it's being used against her in the year 2021 i just find it ironic and i do want some people to take a second look at yourself if you're one of those people that is like Oh, lo- looking at her sideways, but you pat had a white person on the back for that voted for him in 2016, but not in t- 2020. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, I, I love when people have a different view than me uh, uh, on housewife stuff, not, you know, n- not things that, like race issues and people's experiences, but like when you have a different view than me, like Karen and Giselle, You know, uh, not so much Candace and Monique, but we'll get there. We'll get there. I encourage that conversation. I don't think we're all going to think the same across the board. I just want to be clear when sometimes I think the idea is coming from a place of maybe a little bit of ignorance. I don't want to say full on ignorance, but I just, I just, it bothers me when I hear people say like, Ramona is looking up words. And then we're looking at so deep into Ebony's past. I just, but with that, let's just get into the recap, the rest of the recaps. So over in Beverly Hills, we are getting the aftermath of the Crystal and Sutton argument. I think this was the, probably the climax, the final blowout, unless Andy decides to really dig it up at the reunion, but we shall see. Now, I will say this. Something about seeing Crystal sit by herself while all of those women coddled and calmed Sutton like she was a child throwing a temper tantrum in a store and hug her and pet her. It really, really triggered me because I have been in that situation so many times a situation where ultimately if we take it back to the beginning i am the one that was offended violated and told that my feelings are invalid however this other person who in both of me in crystal's experiences happens to be white and we are minorities starts to cry And then, as soon as the tears start, because I'm not the person crying, everyone's coddling them. Oh my god, are you okay? Blah blah. I'm not kidding. Like my ears were hot because actually, I'm. I think I've said this on here before. I'm not a crier, and I still like nothing makes me more like well things make me emotional, but when instances like that happen because it's like everyone loses one sense i don't know why all of those women had to go over there and again coddle and pet sutton like crystal was sitting there by her fucking self and don't get me wrong i think she was fine just like i was fine all the times it's happened to me but it is so maddening because again she's the one that upset me all right but oh i so loved so loved when you could tell Crystal had had it and she said let's be clear with her finger in the air I was like yes girl yes be clear Crystal Windex clear okay and Sutton tells her get your finger out of the air and what and what you gonna do if I don't first of all Sutton she's not your daughter okay What are you going to do if she doesn't get her fucking finger out of the air? Take out a jade roller and start rolling your fucking forehead? And she's sitting across the table from you. Like across a whole fucking lawn set from you. Her finger in the air isn't doing anything. Now, my mama used to... Actually, no. Let me not even say that. Because not once, not once in my life have I ever (laughs) spoken to my mother with my finger in the air. (laughs) I would never. But... That's like something my mom would say, or something somebody that m- maybe thinks they have power over me would say. And Taria made this mention um, in one of her recent podcasts, the We Go What Else Is Going On podcast, that, and I felt it when Sutton says, get your finger out of the air. It has strong, strong, like slave master vibes to it okay because again that's like something my mom would say to me when I was a teenager if I had decided to get beside myself but again I never did okay I never did my mom was not playing I knew that all right I just love Crystal's reaction and how she held herself throughout this entire thing from when the first altercation in Lake Tahoe started to this past episode all right because again I am an Aries all right and especially I listen I pop off I'm not gonna lie especially when I'm fucking mad I'm working on it like I'm a lot better than I was when I was younger but like if that were me and I might have my finger in the air of like a whole two shacks in between us and she told me get your finger out there I probably would have come flying across that fucking table I would have been in her face I know that for sure I would have been Erica on her ass or what or what okay it would we went from beverly hills to love and hip-hop real quick real quick all right and i also find it funny that at the end of this thing kathy hilton says we don't want to feel like we're pushing anyone over the edge lady kathy that's all y'all do maybe not y'all not kathy but that's all these women do especially in beverly hills is push people over the edge cc lisa vanderpump cc denise richards hell cc brandy glanville at one point but that's not me standing up for brandy glanville because lord knows i can't stand that lady all right now This is where we find out that, and I forgot about this, honestly, especially with like all this Erica drama, but I forgot that back when filming was happening that we found out that Kyle, Kathy in Dorit got COVID. And the one time I've actually agreed with Kyle's tears is when she had COVID because y'all, when I had COVID, it is like so, I mean, I, I guess the rest of her family didn't have it. Kyle's family. It was very lonely. And like me and my fiance, he tested positive for it first and I like wasn't sure if I had it cuz I didn't feel anything. Um so we were like you know, staying he was saying in the living room, I was in the um bedroom and we were like figuring out how to move throughout the apartment together. Like I I felt those emotional tears because it was a lot. It was a lot. All right. So, I know I said that I wasn't talking about Denise again, but we start to see the beginning of the headlines come out about the lawsuits against Tom and you know, I just find it funny that these women are saying innocent until proven guilty because that's not that's not really how y'all roll in this group, all right? And Honestly, the things that are innocent have in the past that have been innocent until proven guilty in this group of Beverly Hills women haven't been things as serious as, you know, widows and babies and victims of explosions. But y'all really were guilty until proven innocent with Brandy and Denise hooking up. But Lord, we're not going back there. We're not going back there. Okay. Now, we're getting to see these Zoom conversations that the women are having the call between Erica, Renna, and Kyle. And like, listen, I've heard that LA people live in, and slash famous people live in like a bubble, and like an egotistical bubble at that. But this idea that the women are pushing that people just wanted to see Erica fall, it's um very tone deaf for me, to be honest. Like, this isn't you like, who you're fucking, or, you know, even as simple of, like, bat- owing on back taxes. Just You scammed, pe- hurt people. Well, I shouldn't say she did. She's involved in a scam with hurt people. People that were injured, okay? So, please eat. I want all of them to eat a fucking piece of humble pie here, because this ain't it. I'm not enjoying watching the, and I'm using air codes here, fall of Erica Girardi or even Tom because at the back, at the beginning and end of it, are these people that have lost something so much more, so much more than Erica will lose. Okay. Their lives, their skin, they've gone through this intense trauma. Okay. Like, i am mm, it's just every time she fucking talks and then the fact that she has not mentioned like these are terrible things like or the victims like oh these poor people like yes i have it hard but like these poor people have like it's baffling to me and at one point she says everyone thinks erica jane brought tom Girardi down i don't Who's who said that who said that okay where are you getting this from some of the shit coming out of this woman's mouth i'm just like who said like literally not to quote atlanta but who said that all right because that's not what we're saying sweets and i know you know what we're saying because you cannot get off the twitter but you need to mikey needs to yank that phone all right She's like, people want to see me lose what I've created. What you created with money that wasn't yours, Erica. My God, it is so tone deaf and like hard to fucking watch. This is my thing. She wants to say that she didn't have a clue. And I would just have so much, so much, so much more respect for Erica if she just said, listen, listen. I was a 28-year-old cocktail waitress and single mom. I saw an opportunity. I met a man with a promise of a better life. And my life instantly changed. And I had no more worries. And maybe that made me a little bit negligent. And I didn't pay attention to the things that I should have been paying attention to. I would have so much more respect for her if she just said that right there. Okay, because that could be true. But the fact, how she continues to argue in art, like online and on Twitter, and the shit that she's saying, like it is, and doubling down on it's disgusting to me, to be quite honest. All right. And these, the women, Lisa Renna, Erica, and Crystal all go over to Erica's house for a kiki. They have some champagne and they start talking about finances. And Erica's saying, oh, please look at your, um, And I'm not going to lie, I was shocked by this conversation. But again, again, as I've said before multiple times with Beverly Hills, I'm not rich. These are rich people problems, okay? I have no choice but to check my bank account after I decide to spend $50 at TJ Maxx, just to make sure that I'm still on track, all right? But do I trust my fiance? Yeah, but when it comes to financial stuff and the financial conversations that these women had... Anything with my name attached to it cannot have any funny business attached to it, all right? My fiance cannot walk in his house and say, oh, um, Giselle, I need you to sign this real quick and, uh, you know, we'll be good. Good on what? What you need me to sign? I have signed Mentia plenty leases in my life, apartment leases, and I still read every single one, Okay like that's not mm -mm. crystal says bank stuff freaks her out and that crystal saying that bank stuff freaks her out freaks me out but one thing i will know and i agree with what crystal said she says if i asked rob to sit down and explain this stuff to me and talk to me about it he absolutely would and i even agree with that listen i am team knowing what you're getting into And one thing I do believe is that Miss Erica Jane knew what the fuck she was entering into with Tom 22 years ago. And I do think she knew a little bit more than than she's leading on now, okay? They're saying, at one point they say, most women don't know, you know, the financials and things. Most women where, who, who, point them to me because I'ma help them out, all right? You have, again, my fiance has one time for me to ask him some shit. Let me ask him how much he spent at Best Buy. And you cannot blow me off, all right, the way Erica continuously says that Tom did, all right? She says that she, you know, asked him, she was in the tabloids for a lawsuit in Arizona two years ago. She came in the house and she said, what's this? And he said, oh, don't worry about it. It's not 1950. You don't have to go to the library to search for these things anymore. Google and CaseNet are literal sources. If I can find my high school boyfriend's mugshot for $9.99 online, Erica, you could have literally just done a little bit more digging on the first lawsuit and probably found out what was going on. Ignorance is bliss, and please let's just fucking say that. Okay? And she says, Tom was just so dismissive of me. Miss girl, okay? He could dismiss me all he want to. keep dismissing me because when you dismiss me, you're ignoring me and you're giving me more time to do the digging and find out what the fuck you're doing. All right? I it's it's the ignorance. It's this the ignorance. Again, like I said, I would just have so much more, so much more respect if she was just like, I got negligent, okay? I was living a comfortable life. I was happy. I, and I, I fucked up emotionally. Like she doesn't even have to say that she fucked up financially. Like he, yes, he did do these things. Okay, he was. There's no denying that Tom was the ringleader. All right. So now that I've done, <laughs> I finished my Erica rant for now. I do love how Dorit and Renna are talking from the balcony um, because Dorit still has COVID or maybe just got cleared. They're still not in the safety zone. And Dorit is in full fucking glam. Girl, does somebody come do that for you? Like, I will give it to Doree. She is committed. We are not gonna see her like we saw her the first two or her first like season ever again because I'm not gonna lie Dorit's first season like sometimes her makeup I was like what is going on with this lady's like makeup it was not her first season was her first season makeup I should say was rough now let's get into my second part of the Erica Girardi rant Maybe it's because we've only seen Erica cry one other time and we memed the absolute shit out of it is why I'm not necessarily buying these tears. Maybe it's the actual fact that she did a collab which she reminded us of with Too Faced Better Than Sex Mascara that I'm not buying that she woke up and just threw on non-waterproof mascara now let me tell y'all something in the year 2021 i didn't know that there was non-waterproof mascara i didn't know i did not know that mascara could still run like that i'm gonna be honest i I was like oh okay now she meets up with kyle and this is where we see the um you know the tears and i want to say it was nor from reality as podcast she says it perfectly I do think that Erica is crying, like actually crying. I don't necessarily think those tears are fake. But I don't know if she's crying for what she's selling us that she's crying for. I think Erica is crying for herself at the end of the day. Like, and not for victims, not because of the, you know, um, end of her marriage. I think she's crying because she's like, I'm fucked. Like, Nor said it best in this conversation with Kyle she says I have such a story to tell but I can't tell it because it's not the right time how so no time like the present to clear my name there is never a time like the present to clear my goddamn name especially with the shit attached to hers okay she has repeated so many times no 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 we haven't talked we haven't talked I have been keeping count she's mentioned it four times on the show already that That makes me think that something is off. Because like when she's getting emotional, again, I believe that the emotions are real there. But when Kyle says, like, have you guys talked at all? And she's like, no, 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 we haven't talked. That's what makes me think that she might be in cahoots with Tom. Okay. So that's pretty much it for that episode. But what I do want to talk about is... This video that's going around about because Erica again has said told us over and over, especially in this episode, like she had no clue about the finances, she didn't know anything, she wasn't allowed to know anything, it was dismissive. Blah blah. There's a video going around of her signing the book, um, or the yeah, the pretty mess book with Brian Moylan, and she they ask her like what's her favorite charity, her favorite cause, or things like that, and she pauses. Okay, now I have watched this video no less than 10 times this week, since it started circulating again. And she says, like kind of fumbles against uh, amongst her words, she signs a book and she says, "Um, my favorite cause, um, you know, me and Tom actually donated $2 million to charity last year, just in case you were wondering. And girl, let me be honest, I don't think any of us were wondering, I think you and I might have been wondering. And that's why you paused all right it's the what she tried to sell us for me that she was a boss that she was in charge of this shit that she you know was on top of things and here it comes that she's actually she actually wasn't okay and that's fine okay again you got wrapped up in the glitz and glam and ego of it all and that's fine A lot of people would. And I don't think anybody is blaming her for that part. Okay? What we're blaming her for is the shit she keeps saying on Twitter. Because at this point, it's embarrassing. All right, What we're blaming her for is acting like we're all crazy to be even questioning any of this shit. I mean, we're blaming her for a whole bunch of other stuff. But at the end of the day, yeah, I understand that... Now, I will say this. I have... Twitter. We all know Twitter is a dark place. The people that are like, she needs to go to jail. I'm like, y'all, she, I'm not going to say that Erica needs to go to jail. Okay. Now that part, I will say like I don't want to say innocent until proven guilty, but I'm not going to say that she needs to go to jail because I fully understand that Tom did these things. I just don't think that she was necessarily as on top of shit that she was supposed to be. And maybe she knew a little something because again, we've seen signed subpoena dates that she was served and before, like from back in May, 2020. So it's just, hmm it is just something. I am getting a little antsy because I want to see where this whole her and Sutton relationships really starts to like roll downhill. Because as of right now, they're still, you know, tight. All right, Erica was over there petting her and coddling her when she was crying. So I'm still excited to see that. But who Lord Jesus? It's a lot. I just wish they would I wish she would deactivate her Twitter, but I know that's not going to happen. All right, let's head on over to Potomac. So over in Potomac, we are getting the rest of the dinner at Miss Wendy's, the nude interlude. All right. And let me just say, I love how these women take a few bites and there's some silence and they just start right back up at again. And when I say these women, I mean Karen and Giselle, obviously. <sighs> Again, I am looking at, and I don't, I don't think I've been noticing this in any other franchise, but once again, I am looking at these flower arrangements and pausing my TV. Like those are it. That is what I want for my wedding. Also, I looked at those chairs at the end that when the newlywed game kind of like that as well, as well as the food at the nude interlude. Okay. I don't know Why? When I'm looking at a lot of Dr. Wendy's stuff, I'm in j- the Real Housewives of Potomac in general. I'm just like, oh, maybe that for my wedding. Maybe that for my wedding. It's crazy how it clicks in and out. All right. Now, Karen has, um, I'm going to say my grand dame is reaching a little bit. I don't think that Giselle wished death on Ray um and I actually remember when Ray said that to her that her beauty is going to fade and I was like that is fucked up okay I I don't listen I know it's just part of Karen and Giselle's you know interactions with each other and I'm here to accept it because why it entertains me but what I will say is I don't think that Giselle wished death on Ray and it it was also very fucked up when Ray said that to her like three years ago so let me just say this I am especially after this episode I am realizing that Wendy and Mia they are two people that just do not vibe at all I don't think that the beef between them is just at any way like produced. I think those are two humans that do not vibe with one another. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, y'all. Like, I understand. I think I said this last week. I understand what Wendy is saying. Wendy, I don't think she's like feeling a type of way. Or that she was feeling embarrassed or, you know, anything felt more comfortable once Mia said everything she had. Because, like, to be honest, you can look at Mia and tell that she's had a lot of work done. But Wendy has planned this whole party around debuting her new body, okay? And she had a way that she wanted it to go. And the women got ahead of themselves and they were like, oh, when she's talking about her boobies, they started talking about her butt. It's like she didn't want to say that yet. She had a whole... And trance for her booty I don't think she's feeling you know insecure about any of it now I do I do think it's weird that Mia asked for Giselle's number and and Giselle and Robin and let me tell you what I've come to the conclusion on this and about Mia in general I think that we are looking at another another former housewife super fan that watched the show before and really wanted to be on the show and studied it and maybe she thought that you know she always related to the green-eyed bandits and she thought that she wanted to make those two her besties all right so we see a little bit more into Mia's life and she lets us know that you know she got over her age gap between her and her husband real quick and I think we all know why I'm not gonna lie to y'all her and her husband don't look that let me just say this they don't look like the age gap in between them is that big to me, all right. I that's all, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there, all right. I also noticed in this episode that Mia makes the Kim Zolciak Beerman face. And if you know, you know, with the lips and the I mean, y'all can't see me, so it's no point, but I'll post it on the Instagram stories tomorrow, okay? So we go over and catch up with miss candace and um you know i'm a little i'm taken aback especially since candace dropped her newest single this past week and you know i listened to it okay i'm gonna listen all right i may not be a candy gal stand, but like i'm gonna listen to it she can sing and then she tells us that she's working on a pilot that's being shopped around and she don't look like her acting don't look half bad all right it's is Candy a real talent? And not like a Kim Zolciak-Beerman talent? Interesting. Okay? Now, what I will say is I don't know if I would want my future husband to manage me. Um, I love him and I love our relationship. And I think that's why I wouldn't. That wouldn't work for us. However, like I said last episode... I do think that Chris, Candace's husband, is the best person for her. And he even says that. It's not so much that he is managing her business as much as he is managing. Candace, the personality and that I actually agree with okay now my fiance is actually like he's like my technology manager like he makes my previews and sneak peeks that I put on Instagram and it got me thinking that I probably need to get his ass under a contract or something so he don't start acting brand new but that's a story for a different day all right we hop on over to see miss Ashley and <sighs> Ashley's mom comes over and she tells us that Michael is taking her phone calls on the first ring. And if you ask me, that's not necessarily necessarily a marriage make. But maybe him hugging his mother-in-law and their relationship getting better is. Um, But let me tell you what is not a marriage make or a good mother-daughter relationship make is this fucking conversation that ashley and her mom had about how her and michael are pleasuring each other while she's pregnant i can't i can't me and my mom are fucking best friends i tell my mom so much stuff like sometimes people are like you really said that to your mom i'm like yeah we talked about that stuff this is not something we talk about i don't want to know which hole she was talking about ashley 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 mostly because i will never trust michael darby like never all right so then we hop on over to Giselle's house. And I, this is one thing I will appreciate about Robin. Robin knows that house looks funny. Okay, Giselle is her friend, but she knows that house looks funny. All right. She's giving us a little tour around her mm, home. And she lets us know that she needs to break in the Versace comforter. And I, look, I'm sure the Versace comforter is real. Giselle has money. But it's just, it's giving me... Versace for home goods, and it I think it's the surrounding decor it's not the actual comfort, I think it's like Giselle's taste, the surrounding decor that's m- making it give me that okay so at this point, Giselle finally admits Jamal lives in her phone, okay, and even Robin says that they weren't to- like together together, like the relationship was still. In the beginning stages. And this is my thing with Giselle. She's like we're always going to be in each other's lives. And I'm just like yeah girl. You and all the other baby mamas as well. That's generally how it works. Okay. I don't. Sometimes I feel like Giselle. When it comes to especially Jamal. Like she could have just said nothing. Alright. Could have just said nothing. Also Giselle has on the Chanel sweater. That has a choke hold on the housewives. So. When Karen and Ashley meet, Karen admits that she was wrong, and she also admits that she ain't she don't know what sing Sing is. She just got carried away um, and she thought it was funny, all right, and in this moment, I realized that the evolution of Karen's wigs, wow, talk about wow, I mean we're none of us will ever forget that is it season three the wig shift okay now not the Sheree kim wig shift from atlanta the the wig shift from potomac with karen oh my god so in this episode of potomac i also realized that i i don't think i would mind a spinoff of wendy's entire family like her mom her sister husband her kids because that dinner was entertaining for me they are gorgeous people all of them all of them okay but wow they i i would watch them all right i mean hell they gave kim zolziak i have mentioned her like three or four times today i don't know what it is but they gave them don't be tardy for the party we can give the osefo something bravo hit me up let's make it happen all right so karen decides to throw a couples party um obviously giselle and robin say they are not coming because of obvious reasons. And Candace says that, you know, she's just ready to move on and she wants to get it out of the way. So she's going to attend. And she mentioned, you know, how her back is still, her back wounds are still healing, X, Y, Z. And I know that I've said that I'm not going to touch on Candace and Monique in here. And I'm I'm not. I'm not going to go into depth deep depth about it. But I'm not going to deny that there is definite, definitely trauma that comes with um, after you get into a physical altercation. I just don't agree that you can say whatever you want anytime you want, all right? I feel like most of us learned that the hard way and Candace's mouth is not innocent and she just happened to catch the wrong one in in Monique. I'm not saying that Monique was right in everything that she did. I just, I'm glad that Candace is been like I'm gonna decide to move on because this was it was getting old and like the I actually if it if you ask me team Monique or team Candace by the end of last season of Potomac I was really team Karen because I do think that Karen had the best perspective on the incident so also in this episode my irritation with Giselle Bryant grew even further because while she was sitting at the dinner table with her daughters who are actually really funny and dragged the shit out of her I realized that she not only fucked up the spelling of my name by putting a z on it she also one of her daughters has the exact name that I was thinking of possibly giving to one of my future daughters I didn't realize that her daughter Grace's name was Grace Giselle I liked that name for me. Now it literally was one of my top contenders. And now it's literally at the bottom of the list. Like the bottom of the bottom. I might give another dog, like a dog that name. And that's not to insult, but like somebody asked me the other day, like, oh, how did you pick out your dog's name? I'm like, well, listen, I had, I have like a list of baby names and that my dog's name was on it. And I was like, I don't think I want to name this. Like, I'm not going to use this for my son. So I gave it to one of my dogs. Or I have one dog, but I gave it to my dog. But yeah, now it's just at the bottom of the list. I'm not going to name my dog Grace, but y'all get it, okay? So. mm, I think I have, as of right now, I'm not going to make a strong judgment, but as of right now, I'm going to say this. I'm not a Mia fan, because she is being two faced. Like, what are you talking about? You literally were all up in Giselle's face, like, oh, let me get your number. And she just hated that Wendy came with the smoke and the Carfax, okay? So they play a newlywed game after all the couples get there. And this is where we get the first off, first off, actually, before I get to Waffle House. Mia asking how to spell missionary and then I'm still not even sure that she spelled it right look y'all my eyes are terrible um but I was like miss girl what please don't Mm, I don't know however my Waffle House story and it's not like that before you even get New brain in the gutter, but I will never forget a few years ago around here it was like a snow slow news week around where I live and a local Waffle House got a C health inspection grade and everyone was bitching about it and being like oh y'all are disgusting and somebody in the comments section said that if you go to Waffle House or maybe it was a Waffle House in Atlanta it was somewhere. Okay, it was somewhere. But somewhere, somebody said in the comment section that if you expect Waffle House to have anything, it was a Waffle House in Atlanta, y'all. It was. Nevertheless, if you expect a Waffle House to have anything above a C rating, that's on you, not them. And I felt that in my soul because that's what it was. Our Waffle House here has like a B or a C. Okay, so now, since we've learned Mia's most interesting place her and her husband have had sex i'm just thinking about that c grade health inspection waffle house oh that's disgusting to me i'm not gonna lie to y'all and she was like you just gotta bend over what in the fucking waffle house like what in waffle house told you you was in the damn mood i don't even i don't think i would pee in a waffle house to be honest there's not enough toilet paper in the world for me to rim around the edges there is not enough squatting I don't want my pants off in a waffle house like I really don't all right so I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna wrap it up like this I ultimately at this point think Mia is a hater again I stand 10 tones 10 toes firm that I think that her and Wendy just don't mesh they do not vibe but when they're playing the newlywed game and the question is like what one of your friends would your you think your husband would be interested in and eddie says no one i don't think that's a bad thing and mia has the audacity to say oh i think she has him trained really well so she has him trained to be team wendy so maybe just maybe You're mad because your husband was obviously on a few other teams before he got to your suites, okay? Because if there's one thing I know is that my man and everybody around me better be on my team all the time, all right? And I don't want to, I don't want to hear about another woman, especially not one of my friends that you may find attractive. And the fact that Ray said Katie, like Katie from back in the day, y'all. One of my favorite scenes from Potomac was when Katie told Ashley, I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said you're dumb. Maybe I meant you're stupid. And then Robin just dying on the side. I I love that. I will watch that over and over and over again. Okay. Whew. Now, Miss Mia had told us she was a bartender in a strip club. And honestly, baby, if that's the truth, she wanna go with, I will I'm fine. But Candace told us if you were a bartender, I'm a white man. And that was a good one, Candy Ga. Yeah, that was a good one, alright? So, we're gonna get into some more of Mia's background next week, and maybe my mind will change about her. But as of right now, I'm just I'm not feeling it. I'm not gonna lie, with her. Now, I think she'll be good for the show, like the arguments and stuff, but I don't anticipate me being Team Mia. But that's going to wrap up Potomac for the week. We're going to wrap up this show uh, on that note as well. So we have come to the end of yet another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Now, let me tell y'all something. When I, like, applied the pressure last week for y'all to get my ratings and reviews up, it helped a little bit, okay? Y'all was listening to me, so I'm going to do it again. Do I not entertain you? Do I not provide you with the laughs? Tell me what I'm doing to make you not rate and review me on Apple Podcasts, okay? All I need is five stars and a little comment, a little something nice, okay? A little something sweet about your girl does that sound like it's a lot to do because I don't think it's a lot to do because I've rated and reviewed like a ton of people I'll just be handing them out some days like pop, 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 pop. so as always please do not forget to head on over to apple Podcasts, rate me five stars write me a little review something sweet so nice so we can get your girl a little bit more traction all right that's all I want some traction some traction so I can put out some more content all right I do appreciate y'all though because I I had a goal I had a goal to be on time this week I was like yes we are releasing Monday I just have to record Potomac and then y'all when Monday morning hit me like it hit Candace on the season premiere of Potomac. If you know, you know. If you follow me on Instagram, you know. Oh my god. I have never felt like that in my life. I was unwell. I was like, what the fuck is going on? But it's okay. I'm delivered now. Okay. I'm I'm good. I'm good. All right, so I appreciate y'all with your patience. All right. Um, Don't forget to subscribe. If you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, you know, share. And of course, don't forget to follow the Instagram page at Who Asked Me Podcast. You know, I'm always trying to put out content for you guys, involve y'all in discussions because like I said, even though we may not agree, I do like to hear people's respectful points of view. (laughs) All right. Uh, I will talk to y'all next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.